The Greek philosopher Plato said, necessity is the mother of invention. It's true that challenges often inspire ingenious solutions, but sometimes, even after a solution is discovered, there are other challenges needing to be overcome. On today's show, we'll learn about the process of turning ideas into inventions and then marketing them to the individual, creating commercial products or concepts that can benefit people worldwide. Our inventors take their technologies as far as they can with the funding sources available, and our office finds a partner outside MCW to use their skills and capital to turn technologies into products. And later, we'll hear about an upcoming annual national conference on technology commercialization for inventors, entrepreneurs, and industry alike that'll be happening right here in our community. We have an amazing opportunity here to showcase Wisconsin's strengths to a national audience and help build partnerships and connections for our entrepreneurs and researchers that will help them move forward. Learn about the management of inventions and other intellectual property assets and how they're advanced from patents to patients inside this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Welcome to CTSI Discovery Radio. I'm your host, Brian Belmer. CTSI Discovery Radio is brought to you by the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin. The CTSI is a consortium of researchers, doctors, scientists, and others representing eight institutions, including the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering, Marquette University, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, Freighter Hospital, Blood Center of Wisconsin, and the Zablocki VA Medical Center. The CTSI works collaboratively across all of our member institutions in advancing biomedical research and finding new drugs, treatments, therapeutics, and interventions that are better, faster, and more economical than ever. Our mission is advancing health through research and discovery. Have you ever taken a good look around a hospital or doctor's office and considered all the different medical technologies there are for treating patients or all of the different pharmaceuticals and devices you'll see in a pharmacy? Each one starts with someone's unique idea, but even the brightest inventors need help taking their innovations to market. So today, we're going to learn what the process is for helping scientists and researchers take their ideas and inventions to industry partners who, in turn, will help commercialize and market them to individuals, people like you and me, so that we can all benefit from them. For this, we sat down and had an enlightening conversation with Dr. Eddie Deal, Intellectual Property Marketing Manager, Office of Technology Development at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Dr. Deal starts by explaining, in the simplest terms, what the primary role of the Office of Technology Development, or OTD, at the Medical College of Wisconsin is. Our mission is to help MCW faculty, staff, and students turn ideas into products that will help patients. Um, the OTD logo includes the phrase, patents to patients, and that's what we do. Got it. So then, who exactly are the people that the Office of Technology Development typically helps with managing technology assets? Traditionally, it's been MCW faculty, both clinicians and professors in the basic sciences, physiology, microbiology, and the others. However, we've been working very hard to get the word out about our office and now we're seeing inventors who are staff persons and even students who are submitting disclosures as inventors. And this is quite exciting. Next, Dr. Deal tells us about some of the more common kinds of technology assets that his office is responsible for managing. Drugs, 
diagnostics, medical devices, and medical software. Quite a bit of MRI software, which is part of diagnostics. The work that he and his cohorts do in connecting inventors with industry is sometimes referred to as technology transfer. He explains. In fact, many offices are called Department of Technology Transfer. We're the Office of Technology Development, but very similar activities. Our inventors take their technologies as far as they can with the funding sources available, and our office finds a partner outside MCW to use their skills and capital to turn technologies into products. Understanding that, we next asked Dr. Deal to share his insight as to what types of industries the Office of Technology Development helps transfer technology assets to. We try to license technologies to the pharmaceutical industry and to a lesser extent, biotechnology companies. Our technologies are all early stage and they require significant investment of work and funding in order to reach patients. So we have to find partners who have not only the knowledge, but also the wherewithal to develop biomedical products and they have to be able to accept the financial risk. Let's assume a company is willing to work with an inventor and assume the financial risk of taking that invention to market. What exactly is the process of transferring technology? It starts with the disclosure of an idea. The inventor comes to the Office of Technology Development and they disclose the idea. So they tell us what their idea is. That's where the process starts. We then evaluate this idea and that goes through a three-step process, which includes our technology evaluation committee, a group of outside experts who assist us in determining whether something should be patented or not. If a GO decision is made on the patent, the application is submitted, the patented technology is then marketed, and hopefully we get a license to a pharmaceutical or a biotechnology company. Lots of people have ideas for all kinds of new things, but by definition, when is something truly an invention? Okay, well, let's start with the inventor. The inventor is the person who conceived the idea for the invention, but the idea is not enough. It has to be described with text and diagrams sufficiently that someone else could make it. This is called reducing the idea to practice. I know this sounds kind of strange. To protect your idea, you have to be able to describe to other people how to do it, but that's the way the process works. So an invention is an idea and how it works described in words and diagrams and pictures. Another common term you may hear when people talk about technology or inventions is intellectual property. What's that? In the early 20th century, Napoleon Hill, he was a writer of a whole bunch of different self-help books like Think and Grow Rich. He probably said it best with his quote in which he used the phrase, thoughts are things. Thoughts really are things. Intellectual property, which you'll often hear people refer to it as IP, it's anything that can be protected under the law from unauthorized use by others. Protection can be in three major forms. A copyright, this is things like novels, poetry, even code for software. A trademark, you've all heard phrases like uh, transparency from Southwest, that's a trademark phrase, or it can be a patent. It can be the design of a medical device. It could even be the structure of a new protein that's destined to become a drug. So then what are the specific criteria for someone's invention or intellectual property to be able to be protected against being copied? Okay, three things have to be true for a patent to be granted by the United States Patent Office. First, it has to be novel. No one's invented anything like this or described anything like this before. It has to be useful, which almost sounds silly to have to say that, but it does have to be useful. It has to have at least one specific use. And here's the tricky part. It has to be non-obvious. 
That means that someone who has knowledge in that field and skill in that field would not think of it. This can be a challenge because the United States Patent Office kind of has to be a mind reader in figuring out, well, would an average person in that field with the skills and knowledge be able to come up with that same thing? And if the answer is no, then it can be patented. While Dr. Deal says it can be tricky for the U.S. Patent Office to determine when something can be protected by a patent, he says it's also tricky for an inventor to know when it's the right time to seek protection for their invention or intellectual property property. This could have an hour show by itself. First of all, and I can't stress this enough, an inventor has to be very careful with his or her ideas. For example, public disclosure of an idea. This could be presentation at a meeting, publication of an article, or even a phone conversation or a discussion over breakfast eliminates the option of submitting a patent application in other countries, and it might compromise its submission in the United States. The inventor must describe the idea very well with diagrams and text, and the first obvious step that they might take is to call a friend or to call an expert in the field and bounce the idea off of them. This can be a problem. There's another form of protection that can be put in place prior to a patent application, and this is a very important concept, that allows inventors to have these kinds of discussions with outside experts. And it's called the Non-Disclosure Agreement, or NDA, or its cousin, the Confidential Disclosure Agreement, the CDA. Both parties sign this agreement before any discussion takes place, and the inventor will be protected for usually for a period of five years. The term is laid out in the document. The inventor's goal is then to submit a patent application before that five years is up. So that's a way to get around wanting to discuss with other people and get more input on the idea, but not compromise its ability to be patented. Finally, we asked Dr. Deal if he could tell us about some inventions that have come through the Medical College of Wisconsin's OTD. He shared several notable ones. There are some technologies that have made it, for instance, functional MRI, which is a famous technology. It's used in the clinic. That was co-invented at the Medical College of Wisconsin in the early 90s. So that's something that probably many people are familiar with. This pinpoints brain activity by measuring changes in blood flow. So anytime you see a documentary on TV that shows a brain scan and describes an area of the brain associated with certain activity, think of MCW. A technology to identify patients with several infectious diseases of the lungs was developed at MCW, and this is now being distributed by a large pharmaceutical company named Hologic. There are some startups that have come through MCW. Two MCW faculty developed a technology that could evaluate maternal and fetal health, and it became a startup named Ariosa, and that was eventually acquired by Roche. The same two faculty members developed another technology that can monitor the health of patients who receive organ transplants, and hopefully this will be helping patients within the next few years. A young faculty inventor has developed an antibody that shows promise in the treatment of cancer, and with the right investment, this could have a major impact on cancer treatment. We have technologies in development in areas including cancer, Parkinson's disease, stroke and traumatic brain injury, diabetes and metabolic syndrome, kidney and cardiovascular diseases, and many more. If you want to learn more about what the Office of Technology Development does or about the patent process for inventions and intellectual property, Dr. Deal says their website has lots of great information. If anyone would like more information, please visit our website. There's information about our office, how we do things, the patent process, a lot of great information. The web address is a bit cumbersome, so if you Google OTD, 
and MCW, we come up as the first result. And just click on the website and you'll find us. We'll do you one better. We'll include a link to the OTD's website on our CTSI website, along with the podcast of this show. Our thanks to Dr. Eddie Deal, Intellectual Property Marketing Manager, Office of Technology Development at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Coming up later this fall, the CTSI and the Office of Technology Development are hosting the National Conference of the Small Business Innovation Research Program and the Small Business Technology Transfer Program right here in Milwaukee. Dr. Kalpa Vithalani is Licensing Manager with the Medical College of Wisconsin's Office of Technology Development and one of the key organizers in the effort of bringing this national conference to our community. We spoke to Dr. Vithalani recently to learn more about the conference. She first explains the Small Business Innovation Research Program, or SBIR, and the Small Business Technology Transfer Program, or STTR. She says they came about not by chance, but by congressional mandate. The United States Congress created the SBIR program in 1982 and the STTR program in 1992. Basically, it's a congressionally mandated program where federally funded agencies have to set aside a percentage of their extramural budgets to facilitate small business research and to allow small businesses to engage in research and development that has a strong commercial potential. She adds that while the SBIR and STTR have similarities, there's distinct differences as well. The SBIR and STTR programs both have very similar objectives, but they differ in two ways. First, there's a difference in who the program director or the principal investigator can be. With the SBIR, the program director has to be employed by the small business. With the STTR, the program director or the principal investigator can be hired by either the company or the small business. Secondly, with the STTR, there's a requirement that there is a collaboration with a nonprofit research institution. Next, Dr. Vithalani tells us that the upcoming conference is a big deal because it's the place for anyone interested in bringing an innovation to market. We're super excited. This is a national conference. It will take place in Milwaukee at the Milwaukee Hilton, November 7th through the 9th. One of the most exciting things that will happen at the conference is that the NIH, that is the National Institutes of Health, is flying up to 100 SBIR and STTR program managers and directors to Milwaukee from Washington, D.C. And these include folks from most of its 26 institutes and centers, including the FDA, that is the Food and Drug Administration, as well as the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, and many others. Anybody who goes to the conference will have the amazing advantage of being able to meet one-on-one with all of these program managers and directors throughout the three-day conference. So that's one very big advantage of attending in person. And what kinds of things can someone expect to learn and experience by attending the conference? Throughout the breakout sessions, there will be three parallel tracks throughout the three-day conference, during which attendees can expect to learn essentially about SBIR, STTR programs, the funding opportunities, uh, learn about the assistance programs that are offered to awardees, learn how to write successful grant applications for these awards, how the review process works as well as the award process, 
And also, they'll learn about many other topics related to how you can commercialize your innovation. Given the scope of this event as an annual national conference, who typically attends from the inventor side as well as from the industry side of the equation? Typically, past conferences have seen a really nice distribution of who attends. The conference is meant for entrepreneurs and researchers. These can be from small businesses. They could be from universities or academic institutions. Just university researchers who are interested in starting their own companies. Small companies that want to develop innovative technologies uh, can certainly benefit. Others who are interested in new NIH initiatives and program changes can come and learn about them at the conference. And you would also expect that there would be organizations like consultants and service providers who would attend because they would be supporting the entrepreneurs and the would-be small businesses. So exactly how important is it for the CTSI and the Office of Technology Development to be partnering and hosting this year's national conference? Dr. Vithalani explains it this way. So for a moment, let's think about this as a train. And so the train picks up an idea on the one end and it delivers a product or a service on the other end at its destination, which can help better human life, right? So the infrastructure that is present at all of our CTSI institutions and certainly other research institutions or organizations plays a huge role in supporting the research. But when it comes to the CTSI and the OTD here at MCW, the CTSI and OTD, I think, are instrumental in fueling this train and enabling our innovators to travel that path from ideation to commercialization. So the CTSI certainly provides the infrastructure to support and advance education and collaboration and facilitate translational science. The OTD, I think, would be the next step because commercialization is generally not possible without an industry partner. So the OTD serves as an academic commercial hub, if you will, for science, for law, and for business. But one of the biggest hurdles that companies that are coming out of academic settings face is the funding issue. So this is where we come to what is often known as the valley of death. And it's the first of several such valleys that a company can expect to come across when looking to commercialize an innovation. This is where I think SBIR and STTR programs are an amazing, excellent bridge across this valley of death. And we're bringing this right to our backyard. And the CTSI, the tech transfer offices, and the partners that are helping put together this national conference to our backyard is just very, very exciting. And considering that Milwaukee was chosen in a selection process for hosting this conference, what does the opportunity say about the technology landscape in Southeast Wisconsin? A lot. This is a big win for CTSI, our partners, Milwaukee, as well as the state of Wisconsin. We are, after all, in the heartland of biohealth innovation, which is the theme of the conference. Biohealth includes health research institutes and companies developing medical devices, diagnostics, digital health technologies, and also biotech and pharma companies. We have an amazing opportunity here to showcase Wisconsin's strengths to a national audience and help build partnerships and connections for our entrepreneurs and researchers that will help them move forward. People talk about startups and the technology and high-tech and entrepreneurial ecosystems as it relates to the likes of Silicon Valley and the North Carolina Research Triangle Park. Okay, that's fine. 
But over the last decade or more, we here in Southeast Wisconsin have built a very robust entrepreneurial ecosystem. There's a constant supply of innovative ideas at all of our educational institutes and certainly from community innovators. Most of our R&D centers and tech transfer offices across the state have expanded their focus to include startup activity and support for startups. So there are incubators and accelerators and entrepreneurial education programs, both on campuses and otherwise all over the state to offer a support system. Wisconsin has a unique 25% tax credit for early stage investors. That hit about 18 million, which doubled the level from just two years ago. The Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation has programs to support entrepreneurs. Bottom line, as we like to say at BioForward, Wisconsin is where innovation, collaboration, and dedication work together to build the future of healthcare solutions. NIH has recognized this, and they're bringing this conference to our state, and we're bringing it to Milwaukee. Dr. Vithalani mentioned her association with BioForward. What's that? We'll find out a little bit later in this show. Ahead of that, if someone listening is an inventor who has an innovation to take to market or a potential industry partner seeking innovations for commercialization, where can they learn more about the SBIR-STTR conference happening in Milwaukee this fall? Sure, simply search for NIH SBIR Milwaukee and you should be able to find the conference website. You can also email mcwevents at mcw.edu and certainly take advantage of the early bird registration that's going on right now. That's great advice. Here's another pro tip. You can also get complete information on the conference and register by going to our CTSI website at ctsi.mcw.edu. If you're coming to the conference, Dr. Vithalani says one thing you'll want to come prepared with is your elevator speech of your invention or idea. Here's her elevator speech on why innovators should attend. We strongly encourage all biohealth researchers and entrepreneurs to take advantage of this conference. We're easy to get to. We have over 40 direct flights into Milwaukee and are a short drive from all of our neighboring states. Come prepared with your business cards, with your best elevator pitch, so that you can quickly move to discussing with SBIR and SDTR program managers and directors how best to position your company to become an awardee through this grant program and how to commercialize your biohealth innovation. Finally, whether you come to the conference or not, Dr. Vithalani says there's a message for listeners everywhere about the medical innovation and technology happening right here in our Southeast Wisconsin community. I truly believe that this is an opportunity for our state and researchers and entrepreneurs in general to showcase our innovative biohealth industry. It's also about time that we broadcast our amazingly unique Wisconsin and Midwest story. The country should recognize that we are not flyover territory. We're fly to territory. We are a destination for innovation and that we have a robust and thriving ecosystem to deliver healthcare solutions for tomorrow. That's Dr. Kalpa Vithalani, licensing manager in the Office of Technology Development at the Medical College of Wisconsin and one of the key organizers in bringing the SBIR-STTR National Conference to Milwaukee. Earlier in the show, we heard Dr. Vithalani mention her association with an organization called BioForward Wisconsin. As we like to say at BioForward, Wisconsin is where innovation, collaboration, and dedication work together to build the future of healthcare solutions. Which brings up an obvious question. Who is BioForward Wisconsin? 
To learn the answer, we reached out to Lisa Johnson, CEO of BioForward, at her Madison office. BioForward Wisconsin is a member-driven organization representing the biohealth industry in the state of Wisconsin. One of our major roles is certainly advocacy, to advocate on behalf of both marketing and also legislatively on a state and federal level. And she points out the importance of their association's commitment to being the independent voice in advocating for both innovators and the biohealth industry. I think it works well to be that advocate for the industry and educate both political parties on the benefit that this industry has to the state. It's a major economic force and to us it's critically important to stay very independent and not get in that quagmire of political one side or the other. It's not a fight that we need to be in. Our fight is for our industry. You'll notice that BioForward talks about the biohealth community rather than the more common referred to biotechnology community. What's the difference? We've brought in this term biohealth that we think is much more inclusive and expands where Wisconsin has strengths, like the digital health companies, like Epic Systems that people are aware of when they do my chart at the doctor's office, and our medical device companies like GE Healthcare. So we've tried to take this broader term biohealth that we think plays to our strength in the biological sciences, but it encompasses our medical devices as well as their digital health companies in the state of Wisconsin. Next, Lisa tells us that the success of BioForward is built on three pillars. The first, its members. The members of BioForward are in this biohealth industry, as well as a lot of attorneys, accountants, construction companies that also support this industry. And members range from startups, mid-sized companies, large companies. We need members to support our organization so we can do the advocacy that we're doing, so that we can do the marketing. It's critical that we're all coming together so we can have our voices heard and can, can support our mission going forward. BioForward's second pillar are the collaborations they're committed to facilitating. Collaboration between companies, between industry and academia, and then we have programs where we collaborate with the government, where we can offer scholarship programs to support our companies. This is not about Madison independently, Milwaukee independently. This is about the state of Wisconsin. We have to learn to collaborate and come united. It's really this connection point that we think is vitally important, and we're a small enough state that we can make collaborations happen. And the third pillar of BioForward is a convergence happening both globally and notably right here in Wisconsin's biohealth community. What used to be very separate sectors, whether it was therapeutics or diagnostics, and IT, you now see a convergence happening between all those sectors. And so we really are trying to highlight that this is where you should be looking to invest, to collaborate, partnerships. This is where it's happening. Wisconsin is the place for integrated health solutions. This convergence allows that to happen. And with the strength of this convergence happening in Wisconsin, Lisa says it's no surprise that the NIH chose our state for this year's upcoming SBIR-STTR conference. We have strengths here, and the NIH recognizes that. The NIH put in over a billion dollars of research money into this state each year. So they're seeing the technologies here. They're seeing the commercialization. They know there's outstanding research. So they look for areas of the country that have those strengths. And there's a lot happening here, and they feel the National Conference should be here. Lisa Johnson and BioForward couldn't agree more. This industry has a major impact on the state of Wisconsin. 
we must do all that we can do to continue to grow this industry, to support this industry. It has broad impact economically, as well as the outstanding research that is occurring in this state. Other states would die for this. I mean, it's a story that BioForward's trying to tell. It is critically important to spread that message and educate our legislators and others on the importance of this industry. If you want to learn more about BioForward Wisconsin, go onto our website, bioforward.org. We also have social media profiles that are on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. So I think all of those would be great places to go just to learn more about what's happening, especially on our website. A lot of different information that I think can educate on what this industry is all about. That's Lisa Johnson, CEO of BioForward, the independent advocacy association supporting the biohealth community throughout our great state. And I have an idea that we've reached the end for this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Once again, our sincere thanks to today's guests, Dr. Eddie Deal and Dr. Kalpa Vithalani, both with the Office of Technology Development at the Medical College of Wisconsin, and Lisa Johnson, CEO of BioForward Wisconsin. I hope you've discovered something by listening to today's show, and I'm doubly hopeful that you'll join us again next time. CTSI Discovery Radio airs the third Friday of every month. So make an appointment on your calendar and join us for each episode. On behalf of the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin and all of our affiliate partners and members, I'm Brian Belmer, wishing you happy, healthy days ahead. For more information about research, events like our monthly science cafes, or to listen to this program online and on demand, please visit the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin website at ctsi.mcw.edu. While you're there, sign up as a community member. We need your help to advance clinical and translational team science and improve the health of our community and people worldwide. And remember, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. CTSI Discovery Radio is written, produced, and hosted by Brian Belmer in collaboration with WMSE Radio. The CTSI and this program are under the direction of Dr. Reza Shakir.